with Stuart Pink and Mark Searby. Yes, it is. It's film reviews and movie news with me, Stuart Pink, and some say he now consists of 60% turkey. It's Mark Seavey. <laughs> Listen, I've still got some if you want it. Oh, have you? Oh. I can send you oh. about four Tupperware boxes oh, of it. Great. Wonderful. How many sandwiches? Are, I mean, oh, God. it's great, and it? I love it. But when you sometimes you're like, okay, every year we do this. Should we maybe get a smaller one? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's very true. It's very true. Yes. So listen, you can take turkey sandwiches to the cinema. It's no problem. Oh, yeah, definitely. I just I just don't know about taking a turkey curry to the cinema. Oh, the whole full Christmas dinner, <laughs> pigs and blankets, roast potatoes, <laughs> spuds, and yeah, <laughs> Brussels sprouts. Oh. I mean, they could be fun. Yeah. It, it wouldn't be the weirdest thing I've seen in the cinema, though, to be honest. So it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. I've got a funny story for you when we do our, our best of um, all about that. Oh, dear. Oh, 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 oh yes. The things Uh-oh. you see in cinemas, honestly. Yeah, exactly, honestly. exactly. Well, did you have a nice the time? good thing is, yeah, I did. I did actually, yeah. Are you still yeah, wearing your nice. paper crown? <laughs> no, that's come off now. Oh, that's come off. Boring. But I, I, I do have a load of jokes from uh, <laughs> uh, from the crackers. I'm not going to tell you any. He's because, keeping them in his uh, repertoire. I, I am, and that's what I'm going to do. You know, when you do the jokes at the start of each ep- uh, each show, um, <laughs> you're going to go next year. I've got one. Next. I'm going to do the jokes. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm going to do about six jokes because that's all I've got from the crackers. He was going for six weeks, and then <laughs> keep us going. <laughs> a new segment in the broadcast. Yeah, Mark's then we'll just have to revert. But yeah, here we go. Here's a Christmas cracker joke. And we'll go. We know the answer. You're still telling jokes about snowballs in February. It gets a bit. Much. Yes, <laughs> doesn't really work, does it? Yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll I'll leave that. And then maybe I'll just bin those jokes. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, no, just keep them for next year. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. They don't that's change. True, yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, they don't. That's right. Yeah. Um, but listen, we're here between Christmas and New Year because there are new movies out. Still. 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 Cinema yes. never sleeps. It doesn't. It doesn't. Cinema, uh, streaming, DVD and Blu-ray never sleeps at all. So we thought, well, we better review some movies, really, because to be honest, the movies we're going to review actually come with a bit of a claim. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Claim yeah, to yeah, yeah. eternal so, fame. Well, sort of, sort of. So, I mean, let's start with the first movie that's out now, uh, Corsage, which Corsage. is in cinemas now. Um, this movie was voted best film at this year's London Film Festival. And lead actress Vicky Creeps won an award at the Cannes Film Festival for her performance in this movie. Wow. So, yeah, this is what I'm saying. You know, they're, they're putting a movie out that's that's won awards. Um, and interestingly... This movie starts on Christmas Eve, 1877. Oh, okay. It's time appropriate. They've waited for this, haven't they? They have, yeah. It's about Empress Elizabeth of Austria, who uh, was once idolised for her beauty. She now turns 40 and is officially deemed an old woman. So she starts to try to maintain her public image. Oh, okay. Bloody. This feels like... Um, very old-fashioned, but 1877, bringing back some some vibes. Yes, yeah. Well, now it's interesting. You, like, yeah, yeah, now it's interesting you say that actually as well. Um, 
because this is kind of like a it's set in the past but it's got a modern day style to it not not really style but modern day elements to it there's bits in it that's a very modern day yeah um you know it's um yeah it's got certain bits in it that they're sort of trying to blend the different time periods, really. I think, you know, if anybody saw uh, Sophia Coppola's excellent, excellent, excellent retelling of Marie Antoinette many years ago, then you'll know what's happening with Corsage, basically, because that's that's exactly what it is. That was a really good movie. Um, uh, so, so you know, it's kind of a, an example of a modern day movie in an old time period. Yeah. Do like it when they do that. Sort of clever. Yeah. Yeah. Now, obviously, we've reviewed a couple of Vicky Creeps movies in the past. And I've said I'm a big fan of hers. I really like her. You know, since seeing her in Phantom Thread several years ago, I always, I was like, yeah, this is, she's very good. And she always seems to make interesting and bold film choices. Hmm. You know, it's, it's not, hey, I'm just going to do that. But it's all interesting stuff, yeah. Exactly. That's the thing. However, this one isn't that bold. The film does think it's bold by trying to blend the time periods with small elements from the modern day. So, you know, we, we kind of see somebody getting a tattoo and a musician is playing a piece of modern day music. And there are many other like little forward time period. <laughs> Martin McFly that turn up and he goes, out. oh, they not ready for well, this. <laughs> well, kind of. That's oh. kind of what it is. Yeah. Um, You know, however, I think... What the movie's trying to say here is that Empress Elizabeth was probably born in the wrong time and place. She's too forward-thinking for many of her friends and employees. Yeah. Um, th- there's a bit in the film where Elizabeth is really intrigued by an early use of video camera to record movement, which obviously is another forward-thinking element in the film and the time period that wasn't really, you know, that wasn't that way inclined at that time. That's the thing. So they've got all of these bits, but it's really difficult to get a handle on Elizabeth, though, because she's a character that ebbs and flows between just about likable and downright annoying. You know, there's no easy in to her as a person. And I totally understand her reasoning behind being annoyed that she's now deemed over the hill at 40 yeah. and is trying to cling on to the original beauty image she cultivated for herself. I mean... We talk about offensive, you know. Um, bit rough, isn't it? It is. It is. It's a bit harsh, I've got to be honest. But when she is as mean and moody as she is in this film, then I found it really difficult to to love, uh, well, to, to feel love with her or to feel sorrow or to feel any connection with her, to be honest okay. with you. Yeah. Um, I'd use that kind of the, know, the aim, I guess, to well, make her character a bit... But like this that. takes me back to what I was saying, is that if you've seen Sofia Coppola's retelling of Marie Antoinette, you like Antoinette, even though she is yeah. a grade A, I'm not going to say that word because obviously we're on the radio, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> you you still um, you still have some sort of connection with her. You feel that sense of loss. You feel that sense of sorrow. You feel that sense of excitement and whatever else that she does. With this one, I just didn't get it. You know, it's a, it's a film that is trying to aim as being contemporary, but I don't think it really gets near it. You know, it's a film that doesn't get all of the pieces together and it features a rather, I found a rather off-putting character in the in the lead there and that really put me off, really put me oh, off. Oh, okay. 
It's a corsage. Uh, I, I mean, I love the poster for starters. It's great. That's fantastic. We, I mean, we can't describe the poster <laughs> at all, no. apart from to say Elizabeth, uh, Empress Elizabeth is the main picture and she's signed on to the thing and she's sort of doing a... She's making a gesture. She's making a gesture, yes, yes. Not all of her fingers. That'll do, that'll do, yeah. <laughs> um, but this is what I'm saying, is the poster looks brilliant. I'm like, oh, yes, yes, some, you know, some anger, some energy, some edge to it. But I just, it's too much. It's too much. So I thought you would love this, because this, this has got I know. a bit of a, a modern take on a Downton Abbey's mm. time period and um, a foreign language film starring one of your favourite actresses. Um, not... Not, not hitting all the notes for you. No, I'm I'm in complete agreement with you. I mean, I was thinking, oh, I'm really looking forward to this. I'm really looking forward to it. I can't wait. And then I've just, I came away going, I can't believe that's that's what they've gone with. <laughs> oh. But then, you know, hey, listen, you know, other people really enjoyed it because obviously. It did well at the uh, awards, yeah. It did well at the awards. But yes, I'm, I'm just being honest here to say that for me, it just did not, it didn't connect with me at all. Oh, okay. So where where is Corsage out and available? So this is in cinemas. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If you fancy a, a first trip out in the year. If you fancy a, a little trip out. Yeah. Uh, okay. What else you got for a smart? Smile. <laughs> slightly, slightly different. Slightly different. Oh, so, okay. um. <laughs> I can imagine you so smiling this, throughout this. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, listen, you knew before I was even said to you i was reviewing it you were thinking there we go here's one of mark's ones here we go <laughs> so um i mean let's be honest you know this is this movie has made over 200 million dollars at the global box office whoa okay oh, I, I, I bet they're all smiling they, I bet they are. I mean, that's that's not bad for a horror movie yeah. and one that costs 17 million dollars to make cool I mean, that sounds like a lot, but they did they did got a good return. Yeah, they really did. And, you know, it's pleasing, certainly for me at least, to see these small budget horror films break out and do big business. I mean, I love horror movies. We, we know this. We've spoken about it. I love horror <laughs> movies. You hate yes. horror movies. Yes. Um, <laughs> I've seen a lot of horror movies. Let's put it that way. Um, now, this movie... It's about Dr. Rose Cotter, who, after witnessing a bizarre and traumatic incident involving a patient, she starts experiencing frightening occurrences that she can't explain. Ooh. Oh, oh, I tell you, this is the trouble, isn't it, when you get into all that? <laughs> I'm doctoring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I hadn't seen this at the cinema, so I knew... All of the, you know, I knew how much it had made and how well it had done with with certain critics and, and audiences alike. So I was like, okay, this is interesting. But viewing it, I was kind of stumped as to what made this a global smash because it just seemed like a run-of-the-mill horror film that's got a small gimmick in it, which is people doing sadistic smiles. And beyond that, it's kind of a pretty standard possession slasher flick. So I don't quite understand the huge love for this movie. At all. Oh, I'm glad you said that because I was a trailer. Uh, you know, I don't really like horror films. Yeah. Generally, I watch these and think, well, I'm not watching that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I saw it and thought, well, they're just smiling at people. I mean, it looks a bit weird, yeah. but <laughs> I've it, seen people smile like that as well. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, yeah, the, the yeah. gimmick is good. You know, the smiling gimmick is good. And when some people in this film start to smile, um, 
the way it's done would would have made Heath Ledger's Joker proud. You know, it's yeah. it's it's that type of thing. I mean, there were some truly sadistic smiles on display, and that did creep me out a little bit. But that's it. You know, a smile can't last an entire film. And so the film, once it's exposed its gimmick, is left going through the motions of, of what is really a standard horror movie. I mean, Dr. Cotter isn't a great lead character. She isn't that good at being terrified or at doing screams. I mean, it's not exactly a final girl, if you know, if you will. I just kept hoping that the character in the film would move up a gear beyond its pretty generic, cliched, possession narrative. But it never really does. And as such, we're kind of left with a film that it's all right. You know, there's nothing bad with it, but it just looks and feels very middle of the road. It's done. It's been done so much better previously. It, it, it This just doesn't register as a good horror film, you know. Oh, yeah. It didn't and make the thing you is, smile after all. It didn't make me... <laughs> It it didn't make me smile. I mean, to be honest with you, give it a year or so, and I think many people will have forgotten this actual movie and will just remember the smiles in it. Just remember the gimmick. Well, I suppose that's in a way it's done its job as a horror film, if that's the case. You've still got the image stayed with you. (laughs) Well, I guess so, but it doesn't work. You know, that doesn't work in the film's favour. You think about paranormal activity. You know, you know what the gimmick is in that, but can you remember anything in the film? Not really. And this is the problem with Smile, you know. Yeah. It's it's got that gimmick and you'll remember the gimmick. But then when somebody says to you, but what actually happens in the movie? Who's the lead character? You'll go, I don't know, can't remember. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, oh dear. That's a shame. That's but, so, get, but I think it's I think it's proven that you just said you watched the trailer and you were like, Oh, okay, I I could probably watch this. And I think you probably could. I don't think you would be scared at all by this. No, just a smile back. As long as you can crack one of those smiles, you're all right. (laughs) Which which I can do. Um, (laughs) Excellent. So where's this if you want to watch it? Uh, So this is now on uh, DVD and Blu-ray and also on digital download as well. Ah, excellent. So one, did you get it in in your stocking this year? No, I didn't. No, no, I no. It was a it was a pre Christmas gift. That would have been great. You have a half could have imagine stood at the end of that. the bed, imagine, smiling. Imagine, <laughs> but you know what? Actually, you saying that in the US, they did um, they did some marketing for this, where they paid people who were very good at doing this smile to go and stand oh. <laughs> uh, in in, um, in big televised events you can see this online like uh, at major baseball games they would have people stood behind um the home plate smiling and they had all of these people yeah so that was really trippy really trippy so once again the gimmick works yeah the film doesn't shame they're halfway there the marketing team did their job (laughs) the marketing team have done a, a cracking job on this movie maybe that's why it's done what did i say it done 200 million dollars worldwide i mean Thank you, marketing team. <laughs> we'll get them hired from when we do our biopic. Yeah. Yes, yes, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Excellent. What else you got for us, Mark? Uh, so now on Netflix is a movie called White Noise. Just to say, not to be confused with the movie that came out a couple of decades ago starring Michael Keaton. Not the same oh, movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, not the same movie. So this is about an average American family who tried to deal with the mundane conflicts of everyday life while grappling with the universal mysteries of love, death, and the possibility of happiness in an uncertain world. Wow, okay. Seems seems like 
2023 in a nutshell. Ju- just um, what you want on the cusp of a new year, isn't it? Yeah. Just what you new want. Year. Yeah. Um, so if I said to you that Adam Driver and Greta Gerwig, who play the lead uh, characters in this movie, are sort of playing those two characters, Jack and Babbitt is what they're called. Uh, they're sort of playing them like Clark and Ellen Griswold from the National Lampoon movies. Then chances are you'd go, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm oh, oh, interesting. Let me explain why you'll find this film very different than what you would expect it to be. It's a movie that feels very pompous. The The type of film that looks down its nose at those that don't understand most of what is being discussed or suggested. You know, it's a movie that doesn't care if you don't keep up or that you don't like the characters. It's, you know, it's a movie that's so hard to actually get a grip on what it's all about because it's almost impenetrable as a story. So while I say there may be some Griswold characteristics in the two leads, and there sort of is, there isn't anywhere near as much humour, fun, or general jovality in this film as there is in the National Lampoon films. Oh, that's a shame. It looks like it could be, like you say, like the, the, the makeup now, of the storyline. you've seen the trailer, yes. so you're thinking the same thing that I did, which, hey, this looks like a lot of fun. Bit of a this road looks trip, like, family. Yeah, exactly. Thing, yeah. The, the problem with it is that the film is running at 100 miles a minute in terms of its storytelling. It doesn't allow for a single moment to be wasted without dialogue or from someone being uttered something. I mean, it's non-stop, but none of it really sticks or is that interesting. In fact, I think it's trying to be quite profound with its rapid dialogue of topics discussed throughout, but actually it just comes across as quite pompous. You know, it's the, the yeah. film is all things it's a family drama. It's a family comedy. It's a disaster movie. It's a spiritual look at life and death and about a thousand other things. I mean, it's so bloated <laughs> with themes and messages that it is literally weighed down under the weight of all the things it's trying to offer the viewer when watching it. Blimey. I feel like a lot to cram into the story. The, yeah. Did they get lost in the, the actual story as they were telling it or how did that but come But this through? is the thing. I don't know. <laughs> Because there is no way of really telling that. The best bits of the movie is where it turns into the disaster movie about halfway through. That's the best bit of the movie because it feels like an old Spielberg movie. Okay. You know, yeah. it feels a bit Close Encounters, feels a bit E.T. It feels a bit, you know, sort of some of the 1950s um, sci-fi movies. It, that's the best bit in the movie. But then when you've got all of these others and it, it kind of goes away from the disaster thing and it goes on to something and you go... I'm sorry, but what is this? Oh, what is this movie? Overblown. Um, yeah. Extra bits. Now, so as I said, Adam Driver's in this, and this is from writer director Noah Baumbach. The last time they worked together, they did Marriage Story. Oh, wow. Which yes. Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson, and that was an amazing film. Absolutely amazing. One of my favorite films of the year it came out. Um, you know, that was a very real look at the breakdown of a marriage. This is a complete left field film to that. You know, this doesn't even really look at the family at the centre of it. It's a film that thinks it's cleverer than it actually is. You know, it's it's got a very unrhythmic sense of storytelling, which I found really frustrating. Hmm. I mean, to be honest with you, I found it quite annoying. Oh, dear. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. I say from the trailer, when I watched it, I thought, oh, this looks like interesting. Like, I, I'm getting... Road trip disaster film vibes. 
There you go. But clearly, that's there's a lot more to it than. And that, than that. Yeah, but that's not it. Yeah. That's that's like yeah. that's about forty minutes of the movie, and then it goes on to something else. Oh, okay. And then onto something else, and then they're talking about that. There's a lot of scenes taking place in a supermarket in this film. <laughs> yeah. I said it was easy to film there. Cheaper budget, you know. Don't need to worry about sets. Well, I guess so. Yeah, but it's all. Ah, now it's set in the 1980s, so obviously they have to recreate in 1980s. So you know, that's where a lot of it goes. But then you've got other things going on. Summer fields. (laughs) (laughs) A gateway. (laughs) Yeah, that's the one. Gateway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quick save. Um, Yeah. Listen, I, I, I just could not get into this movie at all. I really don't know what this movie is. Oh. Really don't. And I don't know who it's aimed at either. Shame. So where, where is where is this out? So White Noise is now streaming on Netflix. Okay. So White Noise essentially a bit too much white noise really. Too much noise in the yes. story. Yeah, but maybe that's the pun. Maybe that's the thing. But you can, if you can push through the white noise, you find an interesting movie. Sorry, but I just found that white noise impenetrable. I just found it <laughs> too much. Yeah, you know, just un, unescapable. Oh. oh well, good start to the year. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, almost a new year. Almost, almost. almost. We've got a whole year of movies coming next time, uh, which I'm very excited about. Uh, I just yes to, to throw a little little spanner in. Um, that was our 619th film. Wow! On uh, the as we end the year, and uh, I'm challenging you to see if you watch another 600 next year. What do you mean? <laughs> well, I I don't think I can, to be honest with you. Not I if mean, they like that so one. many. There's so many movies out now. That's the thing. I mean, me, me and you have said this all year. So many movies that you know. People say, "Why didn't you cover so and so?" We just don't have the time. That's the thing. Yeah. Like literally, you know, we're covering three movies a week, but there's like nine movies out a week. Minimum, and and they're not short anymore. They don't they don't worry about shortening films to fit them into. No, they don't. They don't. I mean, <laughs> any movie that is any movie that's under ninety minutes already, I'm like, oh yes, thank God. <laughs> fantastic. This film's going to be brilliant. Under ninety minutes, thank you. Um, but yeah, but this is the thing. You know, more and more movies. We we try and review them. Um, hopefully, we get round to most of them. Um, it's just it's nonstop. You do what you can. It's a fine service you're providing. Um, thank you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> separating the wheat from the chaff and the white noise from the good noise. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I look forward to another year. Um, and of course, highly encourage our listeners to go and check out the um, the best of 2022 podcast, podcast that we've done episode. to talk about our favourite films of of 2022 and uh it's been an interesting year which obviously we discuss on the podcast um but yes you can you can download that you can listen to it on your favorite podcast um platforms is that the way that they say it? i don't yeah. listen you're the man yeah, who wherever, normally does all of this wherever you get your podcast from which basically right. sounds like a tagline but i don't know where on earth you're getting them wherever you're getting <laughs> thanks for getting them that's <laughs> <laughs> thanks for being there it's been me and you talking to each other yes thank you for listening yeah. yes to everybody thank you for listening this year and uh, whether you agreed or disagreed just thanks for listening and tuning in what you got for us next year, next week and next year um, this, yeah exactly oh that's a tongue twister starting at the beginning yes. so <laughs> so next week next year um, 
we will be talking about uh, a movie called Till, which is a true story about Emmett Till's mother and her fight for justice when her son was killed um, in racially segregated America. Um, we will also be talking about the new movie by Christian Bale, which uh, has um, a relationship with Edgar Allan Poe. It's a film called The Pale Blue Eye. Oh, okay. And then as a special feature on the podcast, we're going to be reviewing a 1980s crime slash mob movie starring Michelle Pfeiffer, but it is not Scarface. Oh, okay. Wow. Mm. A 1980s movie. Getting yes, a, getting a it's release. getting a re-release. And I thought, you know what? Let's start uh, the year uh, with an old movie. Oh, I say old movie. I mean, that, oh, that makes me feel old. I was born. I know. It's always depressing, oh, isn't it, when they call that old? Yeah, the, yeah I know. Exactly. <laughs> I think on the press release, it said classic. I'm thinking, oh, dear, that's even worse. <laughs> Don't go there. Oh, no. Oh, well, OK, I look forward to uh, to that. I'll bring my shoulder pads next year. You're going to need it. Shoulder pads and big uh, a big perm. Yeah. Big perm. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Excellent. Happy New Year. Same to you. Film reviews and movie news with Stuart Pink and Mark Searby. Thanks for listening to Film Reviews and Movie News. We've been doing this little podcast for years now. Mark has watched and expertly reviewed hundreds of films and I've made hundreds of terrible jokes. They're all available to listen to again if you subscribe to the Film Reviews and Movie News podcast. It's freely available wherever you get your podcasts from, or you can find all the latest episodes and everything else I do online at stuartpink.com. 